Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, we had a primary yesterday, and uh, it was a doozy. Now, I did notice, I did notice, even though Biden won his primary, all of the, everything off the web has been kind of swept. I, I didn't see anything on Biden. They talked about Trump. I mean, he rolled through there. One thing well, I did notice. What I did see about Trump is that he won massively. Uh, it says, according to NBC News, uh, as of 9.05 p.m. yesterday, which is not the final result, but uh, no. Trump has 86,999 votes with 65% of the vote to uh. Nikki, Nikki Haley's 42,527 votes, or 31%. So it is a another landslide, literally, for former well, President it changed Trump. overnight. It changed overnight. Uh, the number is in the 900,000. So he's got... 68%. She's got 26%. Uh, and they're still counting, but there's less than 10% to go. But it's interesting, the numbers there, when you just take that 900,000 votes, and then you look at Biden's votes, all right? he he's Who was he running against? Biden um, was running against uh, nobody. <laughs> yeah, nobody. So, uh, you know, I guess you can account for the 380,000. But oh, wait, wait, yeah. Did I say 380,000? <laughs> and Trump had 900,000. Gee, that blue state is uh, fed up with the Democrats. Even a Democrat, Talib, is sitting there going, well, we are going to sit there and be undecided. But even the tally of 65 or 70,000 votes compares, even if they went to the Democratic side, um, there's well, a route. I, going I just on read in- a story where it said the uh, undecideds in Michigan most of them are voting for Trump. I just yeah. read the story a, a little while ago before we started uh, doing yeah. the program. So there is there is trouble in paradise. And didn't that state, you know, all you know, uh, they they voted that way, and and the numbers actually actually, well, actually changed. The governor Whitmer and uh, it was a big they think manipulator of the vote. She pushed it. If she didn't interfere, she pushed the vote. And uh, she, she's not a terribly reputable person, but uh, she does have a lot of control over that state. Uh, you know, Bill, I, I don't I, I keep thinking to myself, it looks right now, if you look at the statistics, that Trump is going to have another fantastic election, another fantastic day in 2024. But then I keep thinking of the corruption the interference. You know, I want to play this for you. This is something, folks, that you should consider. All right, when you think mm-hmm. when you think that it's in the it's in the bag for President Trump, listen to Tucker Carlson. He's talking about the twenty twenty election. Sure. It was one hundred percent stolen. Are like you joking? Like it was rigged to a, that large of a yeah. Degree. They they you completely change the way people vote. Right before the election, on the basis of COVID, which had nothing to do. So in that way, it was rigged, meaning like and then manipulated. Then you censor the information people are allowed to get. Anyone who complains about COVID, which is like, by the way, it might have hurt Trump. But I mean, it's like or whatever. I mean, you could play it many different ways. You, you can't have censorship in a democracy by definition. Here's how it works: the people rule. They vote for representatives to carry their agenda to the capital city and get it enacted. That's how they're in charge. And then every few years, they get to reassess the performance of those people in an election. In order to do that, they need need access 
unfettered access to information. And no one, particularly not people who are already in power, is allowed to tell them what information they can have. They have to have all information that they want. Whether the people in charge want it or don't want it or think it's true or think it's false, it doesn't matter. And the second you don't have that, you don't have a democracy. It's not a free election, period. I I found that interesting because, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about the 2020 election and interference, like myself, uh, we look to the drop boxes, the mail-in ballots, things like that. But Tucker's take was, hey, it was the whole COVID thing and how they handled it that was election interference and that they censored people and they blocked honest people from making comments about what was mm-hmm. going on. And so, but actually, I think you can combine combine them all. You know, uh, we saw, what was the uh, uh, the name of that uh, documentary Something 2000, I forgot. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'll I, I know what you're talking you know, about, but yeah. It's... Yeah, it, it was uh, put out about a year and a half ago. Uh, we talked about it at the time. But uh, it was a terrific uh, look into the corruption of the 2020 election. And it was done with statistics. And it was done with visuals. And I wish I could think of the name. But I, if I do think of the name, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But the fact of the matter is... Uh, Tucker's right, too. You have the virus and how they handle it, how they manipulated people. Just the mere fact that because of the virus, they had an excuse to flood the zone with mail-in ballots. Yeah, it was a plan. It was a plan still. They had to have a reason. The virus was it. And then they could do all the little... If you've ever sat there and watched somebody on a chalkboard talking about a business or a pyramid scheme... They'll sit there in that big circle. Well, that's you. And then you got all these little sub-branches. Well, that's what they did with stealing the election. The virus was the center of the steal. And then they had all these little offshoots. That would be where they, that's you, you know, that they they took advantage of. And they controlled the news, everything. And they took it. You know, the sad part about it is, Bill, uh, people say good people well-meaning people say, well, uh, it was stolen. We can fix it. No. And I heard somebody say something which is so true. After the vote is in, it's so much tougher to change it. it and, and after 2020, we all can see that. Look at, well, we, we went to Arizona. Do you remember when we went to Arizona? We did the mm-hmm. audit in Arizona. Yeah. We did a detailed audit and proved there was interference, and they did nothing. And I believe a lot of those records are gone now. See, one of the things that they're doing is, well, you know, you might have something there, but unfortunately, you know, it uh, the 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 evidence expired. Yeah, after two years, we get rid of the uh, evidence. Yeah, and they got rid of it beforehand, just like they went in and and uh, you know reprogrammed and erased uh, data inside of the uh, the voting machines. Then they tried to sit there and blame it on somebody else. No, you did that. You manipulated before, during, and after the election. I think there's something like a moratorium before the election that the machine has to be certified months or a year or two years in advance. Can't be touched. Bull crap. I mean... Uh, All right, Bill. So where, do, where does Trump go? Does Trump have uh, a plan, do you think? I mean, I can't imagine a guy would run for the presidency in 2024 uh, and not have done anything to to stop the steal that was done in 2020. His answer seems to be, we have to flood the zone. 
You know, well, if we got seventy four thousand last time, we've got to get ninety thousand ninety million rather. If we got seventy four million last time, we need ninety million uh this time. Oh, I mean, will that work? Or does does he need more? Well, he needs more. I, I think you look at uh, Michigan as a as a bell uh, you know as as a bellwether for uh, the Democrats. You know, Biden actually, even though he won, didn't fare that well. He was losing Democrats. Trump had an overwhelming amount of numbers there. When you look at the raw numbers, he sat there. He is poised to win the state. It is a red state. The people are fed up, which makes me wonder. Was it uh, was it not a lie back in uh, the last election? I think it was. Uh, I think those numbers didn't flip on their own. They flipped by somebody flipping a switch. Well, you know, but, they, we, we, how many people have come across the border? We think about 15 million. They're saying 7 million. But you, you can easily double that because they have gotaways. So yeah. let's, say, let's say 15 million people. And they're probably going to be pushed to vote. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, well, okay. You know what? Let's take that that voting thing right there. Yeah. Let's look at uh, state of California and Kamala and what's going on now. Number one, they are trying to push everywhere that the Ill, illegals are getting IDs, and uh, you know you you cannot sit there and verify things. Uh, if they have some form of an ID, they're going to be allowed to vote. That's that was move number one. Move number two, my hometown out in California. There, uh, there's a why I forget his last name, uh, Aramota or something like that. Joaquin is his name, but he's a Democrat from Fresno, where I grew up, and uh, he proposed a bill now for home ownership that if you're an illegal immigrant, you know, mm-hmm. you're not a citizen, you're you're in this country, even you you've been in for a day, a week, a year, whatever, and or undocumented, you have the right to buy a home under the first time buyers program. That is the bill that they're pushing through so that they're trying to get this done so that they're going to be able to, well, they want to buy votes is what they want to do. And Kamala even came well, out I got a question for you. Okay, let's say this, this program goes through. You're a bank. Now, a bank is a business. Forget regulations and rules from the state. A bank is a business. If I were running a bank and I saw an application on my desk and it was from an illegal, okay, mm. um, I would have second thoughts no matter what goes through. Well, then I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, no, no. They have a lot of ways of getting around it. They can, they can right. reject you for a lot of reasons, okay? Trust me. But this, if this illegal comes through and he says, I, I, I want to buy this house and uh, I have the support of uh, this regulation, well, I mean, there's the possibility that you give the person a loan they get the house, and then Donald Trump, for example, gets into office, and hey, you're going back, pal. You are going back. So there's an empty house with uh, the person who was supposed to be paying the mortgage gone forever. Now what do you well, do? Jim, well, Jim, that's already been taken care of because, number one, uh, the federal restrictions, you're not allowed to ask those questions as a loan lender or a mortgage person. You're just not allowed. Number yeah, two, like no, I said, number they, they, two is yeah. very important. It's backed by the federal government. That loan is guaranteed. Oh, so you're saying that the, the federal government will buy the house back? They will own the house. In other words, you own it. You're paying for it, Jim. <laughs> Uh, but I can't stay there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, uh, Mikasa, not Now, now mu- multiply that by uh, 
I don't know, 500,000, you know, in California. Holy smokes. Yeah, um, muy plenty stinky borracho, you know what I'm telling you. It's, uh, I, 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 muy plenty stinko borracho. There's plenty <laughs> of borrachos to go around for everybody. Getting back to the election in 24, does he have a shot? Sure. We are overwhelming the vote. Right. And even if they lock him up and take him to prison, he still is going to win because Michigan's a, a, a shining star. People are fed up. They're not, they're not, they're, they don't believe in this crap anymore. You can call them what you want, do anything mm-hmm. you want. We believe in him, but they're going to have to go beyond just locking him up. And, you know, the, the interesting thing, when you look at his, everything that's gone on against him, we played, you played a cut yesterday about it, that every single case that's been brought against him, and there are numerous cases, are all brought on by Democrats. Now, you know, you would have... Letitia James going, oh, this is not political. It's not personal. Well, hell, you ran on putting Trump away. And then you sat there four months ago before the trial started. You sat there and said, yes, the judge in the case has already made up his mind. He's made a decision. Okay, that calls for recusal, whether, you know, he recuses himself or he's disqualified by the state. But no. Now, everyone goes, well, he'll, uh, Trump will win it on appeal. Not if it's Democratic appeal. Even look at Fannie Willis. Where is it? Uh, there was a weird quote on Fannie. Uh, but apparently, you know, what's going on with her is all those phone records and everything. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is, well, we can go, well, in, we can go in that, into that in a second, I think. But, Bill, I wanted to tell you about getting back to the illegal situation. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there was a, a minor in Virginia that was... Uh, sexually assaulted by uh, an illegal Venezuelan uh, alien. Now, that that wouldn't happen, by the way, if Joe Biden had kept the border secure. And, you know, and then what was it, last week when that poor nursing student was out for a jog, that young lady, 22 oh. years old, and she's, well, that- she's murdered by a Venezuelan idiot, uh, a cr- oh. vile animal. But, but here's the thing that I wanted to point out. The good news is, Homicide in Venezuela is down 22% today over last year at this time. Homicide in Venezuela is 22% less than this time last year. Why, you ask? Because they've sent all their criminals and all of their mental patients north to our country. So we have these people in our country right now because of him. And Biden. the icing on the cake is ICE arrested uh, Guatemalan, uh, Guatemalan illegal. Uh, he was uh, convicted uh, of sexually assaulting a 14-year-old. So he's in uh, Massachusetts. You know, he was he's there. He's locked up. Well, he was locked up. But Massachusetts said, yeah, no big deal. They released him. Of course. Of course. We, hey, you know, what, is it, what happened, um, uh, was it last week? Uh, when the police, I guess it was the week before last, you know, what happens is the stories happen so frequently now that they come and go like that, like the snap of a finger, okay? Boom, you know, here's the story, it's gone. Uh, Those two policemen who were attacked by the Venezuelan street gang kids, I I guess they were all about 16, 17 years old, uh, and they they were beat up pretty good, and they finally got a bunch of them, and they released them. And one of them said, out of hell with it. I'm not coming back again. He's not, He took a train to California. They lost him. You know, I mean, this is what's happening. 
They don't have any respect for our rules. Do you know no. if they had respect for our rules, they wouldn't be attacking uh, like a pack of wolves these police officers on a regular basis. There's no respect. They're, they're here. You know what they know? See, here's the thing we forget. They know. They're not, they, they're not, they know what's going on. They know that they're not going to get in trouble. They can go into stores and they can steal whatever they want. And instead of sneaking out of the store, they can saunter out of the store. They can flaunt what they've done. Because, they wave at the camera because even if they, if they right. do get arrested and they bring up that video... You know, there's some legality that will let them go. They're not. That's why stores are closing down. Oh, Bill, all over the place. All over They're the place. They're closing everywhere, and that's just the way it goes. And I got to wonder, okay, so what are we going to do? Go to online electric stores? Which, okay, you know, that might be good news for me with the website, but uh, the simple fact is uh, there, there's even problems there. Now, I ran into a, a weird thing yesterday looking for some payments to come through, and then I get a note saying, uh, ACH has been shut down by the feds, not for me, but for everybody, I guess, that that work through or get things processed through this bank. How that, widespread it was, I don't know. What is it? Automated, uh, there's a name for what ACH stands for. Uh, but anyway, it's the it's the... Is it a government branch or is it a private banking system? I have no idea. It's 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 the equivalent of electronic the checks in the mail. Yeah, um, they but, they, um, they funnel payments from like uh, uh, advertising agencies and uh, things like that to the talent uh, around but, the country. Yeah, but I, I've noticed that um, it's been happening a lot. The ACA, uh, ACH has been going down a lot for the banks. And be shutting down uh, is being shut down by the feds. Well, what the hell is going on? Why are they shutting? Down? Do we not have the money there, and they have to shut things down, or we have to give them time to print it, or uh, you know, enter a few numbers in a keyboard so that the bank accounts fully get? I don't know what the hell is going on. But for, saying- for the listener out there who's wondering what ACH stands for, it's Automated Clearinghouse. It's a network, an electronic network, like Bill said, that funnels payments from businesses to you know electronic the, transfers yeah yeah exactly and and that's a big deal because a lot of people expect salaries they expect uh payments for so they can pay their bills and they yeah. get that money electronically and like bill said bill did you get any notice that it was closing down no i didn't get a notice it was closing down i got a notice after the back saying hey that money that uh we owe you we sent you but uh we found out that nobody got their money because the ACH is down. I looked, and yeah, yeah, it was down. A lot of people were bitching about it, and there's been a lot of people bitching about it. And you know, and it's it's not just yesterday. It's it, it might have been a small thing that just affected All me. Right. I don't know. I got a question. But it's been going on for months. All right. What happened? Years, what happened? What happened last Wednesday? Last Wednesday, the cell system went down. Yeah. We have a cell system go down. By the way, they never gave an honest straightforward answer as to what happened. They just sort of let it fade away. But that mm-hmm. went down for the better part of a whole day, at least not if it wasn't nationally in large portions of the country. Now you're saying that uh, electronic transfers of funds have been interrupted on a, on a major network, a major system in our country. And Bill, even though you, ha- you had to go searching to find out whether it was really happening or not, 
you would have thought that that would have been something that would have been in the news, you know, that we would have turned on the, the, the cable news channels and they would have been talking about uh, the automated uh, what the automated clearinghouse uh, being affected by a, 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 some kind of a problem. Nothing. Crickets. Zero. Nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, there's something going on. There's something happening in the background. And, and we're not being given the straight scoop, okay? That's my opinion. We are being uh, told everything's fine. Just keep moving along. You know, I want to play another. I have another clip from Tucker today. And sure. uh, it, it's, it's, he's talking about the Ukrainian war. We're being told almost on a daily basis, just hang in there. Send us another $60 billion dollars. Send it to the Ukraine. They're winning. Everything is going well. Everything is great. Tucker Carlson was talking with, an, uh, it sounds like a, a guy who is from that area, from the Ukraine area. He has a slight, I think, uh, accent. Uh, I don't know who he is, and I apologize if he's listening. Uh, I, I just couldn't find out who the conversation was with. But I wanted to play this because I think that what Tucker says is so very important. Listen to the facts in Tucker's commentary. This is why he drives people on the left nuts. I have really strong feelings about um, what's you know happening, not just in Ukraine or Russia, but around the world. I think the world is resetting to the grave disadvantage of the United States. I don't think most Americans are aware of that at all. And uh, so that's my view, and I've, I've stated it many times um, because it's sincere. But my goal was to have more information brought to the West so people could make their own decisions about whether this is a good idea. I mean, I just, I guess I reject the whole premise of the war in Ukraine from the American perspective, which is, you know, a tiny group of dumb people in Washington has decided to do this for reasons they won't really explain. And you don't have a role in it at all mm -hmm. as an American citizen, as the person who's paying for it, whose children might be drafted to fight it you know, just shut up and obey. I just, I just reject that completely. You know, I'm a, I think, I guess I'm a child of a different era. I'm a child of participatory democracy to some extent where your opinion as a citizen is not irrelevant. And um, so I, I, I'm just, and I guess the level of lying about it was starting to drive me crazy. And I've said, and I will say again, I am not an expert on the region or really any region other than say Western Maine. I just don't, you know, I'm not Russian. And um but it was obvious to me that we were being lied to in ways that were just, it was crazy, the scale of the lies. And I'll just give you one example. The idea that Ukraine would inevitably win this war. Now, victory was never, as it never is, defined precisely. Nothing is ever defined precisely, which is always a tell that there's deception at the heart of the claim. But um, Ukraine's on the verge of winning. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm hardly a tactician or military expert. For the fifth time, I'm not an expert on Russia or Ukraine. I just look at Wikipedia. Russia has 100 million more people than Ukraine, 100 million. It has much deeper industrial capacity, war material capacity than all of NATO combined. For example, Russia is turning out artillery shells, which are you know, significant in a ground war, at a ratio of seven to one compared to all NATO countries combined. That's all of Europe. Russia is producing seven times the artillery shells as all of Europe combined? What?
That's an amazing fact. And it turns out to be a really significant fact. In fact, the significant fact. But if you ask your average person in this country, even a fairly well-informed person of good faith who's just trying to understand what's going on, who's going to win this war? Well, Ukraine's going to win. They're on the right side. And they think that because our media, who really just do serve the interests of the U.S. government, period, they are state media in that sense, have told them that for over two years. And I, I, I was in Hungary last summer talking to the prime minister, Viktor Orban, who's a, you know, whatever you think of him, is a very smart guy very smart guy, like smart on a scale that we're not used to uh, in our leaders. And I said to him off camera, so is Ukraine going to win? And he looked at me like I was deranged, like or I was congenitally you know, <laughs> deficient. Are they going to win? No, of course they can't win. It's tiny compared to Russia. Russia has a wartime economy. Ukraine doesn't really have an economy. No, look at the populations. He was like, looked at me like I was stupid. And I said to him, you know, I think most Americans believe that because NBC News and CNN and all the news channels, all of them tell them that because it's framed exclusively in moral terms and it's Churchill versus Hitler. And of course, Churchill's going to prevail in the end. And it's just so dishonest that even it doesn't even matter what I want to happen or what I think ought to happen. That's a distortion of what is happening. And if I have any job at all, which I sort of don't actually at this point, but if I do have a job, it's to just try to be honest. And that's a lie. There is a more nuanced discussion about what winning might look like. You're for right. Sure. A nuanced discussion is not being had, but it is possible for Ukraine to quote unquote win with the help of the United States. I, I guess that conversation needs to begin by defining terms. And the key term is win. What does that mean? Peace, a ceasefire, who owns which land. Yes. Coming to the table with, uh, as you call, the parent, the United States. Yes putting leverage on the negotiation to make sure there's a fairness. Amen. Well, I, of course, as a, and, and I should just restate this, I am a, a not emotionally involved in this. I'm American in every sense. And my only interest is in America. I'm not leaving ever. And so I'm looking at this purely from our perspective, what's good for us. But also as a human being, as a Christian, I mean, I, I hate war. And anybody who doesn't hate war um, shouldn't have power, in my opinion. So I agree with those that definition vehemently. A, a victory is like not killing an entire generation of your population. It's not being completely destroyed to be eaten up by BlackRock or whatever comes next for them. So yeah, we were close to that a year and a half ago. And the Biden administration dispatched Boris Johnson the briefly prime minister of the UK to stop it and to say to Zelensky, who I feel sorry for, by the way, because he's caught between these forces that are bigger than he is, to say, no, you cannot come to any terms with Russia. And the result of that has not been a Ukrainian victory. It's just been more dead Ukrainians and a lot of profit for the West. It's, it's a moral crime, in my opinion. And I tried to ask Boris Johnson about it because why wouldn't I? after he denounced me as a tool of the Kremlin or something. And um, he demanded a million dollars to talk to me. Oh, wow. And this just happened last week. Can you imagine that? Boris Johnson demanded a million dollar fee to talk to C Tucker Carlson. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, the guy who pretended to be a man of the people. He wanted a million bucks from Tucker. But you know... What's he going to tell him? Nothing. Yeah, but the thing that gets me about what I just heard from, uh, from Tucker is... Uh, he talks about uh, victory uh, is uh, a peace and the defining of the, the land, territorial uh, definition. 
well, that's all well and good, but this administration has done everything it can. I'm talking about the Biden administration, not to negotiate peace. You have not heard them say in any public statement that I've heard of that we would like to sit down with both sides and arbitrate peace in that region. All we talk about doing is sending more weapons and money to fund this war, which is getting a whole generation of Ukrainian men killed, murdered, absolutely obliterated, disintegrated, whatever you want. They're gone because of this war. This is evil, folks. You know, and the other thing that gets me, the big thing, and I I pointed it out to you as he was saying it, Russia is making seven times the number of artillery shells as all of the NATO countries combined. But what he didn't tell you is that Russia is on a war footing. They're Mm -hmm. manufacturing on a massive scale. The other countries are depending on us to supply, for example, artillery shells. I was just reading where uh, we are running out of our own artillery shells for our own soldiers. We have sent much of our, of our, of wow. our supply to the Ukraine war. We're a NATO nation, right? We're a NATO nation, yep. So Russia outproduces all the NATO nations. That's right. That's so exactly we're, right. You, we're, so we're included in that uh, in that tally. Yeah. So that should tell you something right there. Yep. And uh, you know what what's going on there? You can't win a war where you are outgunned. You can't outthink them. And even though we might have superior uh, superiority in the air, uh, at sea, and look at everywhere. the manpower bill. You hear the number of? You hear the figure and uh, the size of the army compared to the size of the? I mean. There's no way that they're going to win. Just a, a mere act of attrition, you know? If, if, if we lose one, you lose one. We lose one, you lose one. Eventually, the one with the, the, the lower total number is going to be the loser, and that's the Ukraine because Russia can yeah. continue to lose and lose and still have a massive number of people. Well, Germany has said, no, they're not going to uh, send certain missiles over there. There are other countries in the NATO nation that are saying, no, we're not going to be a part of this or that because they see war and they see they can't win. Even Biden yesterday said, we are not going to send American troops over there, which I think he's lying. I think he would send them. But right now it is not in political favor for him to do it because there is an election coming up and he's got problems. Otherwise... It'll be American troops over there. I doubt it would be any of these illegal immigrants that we want to give benefits oh, no. to because they're they're they don't represent you know. Bill, the, if we start if we start relying on illegal immigrants in our, our, our military, we're done. We are done, and I'll tell you because they have no allegiance to this country at all. You, you well, know, if anything, they're foreign agents here. I mean, you know, you gotta wonder about the Chinese that are here. So, no, they don't have an allegiance to this country, and uh, they're not going to help it one iota. But we do bring them in. I mean, we talked about California with the banking laws. You talk about Kamala and what she sat there and said for students. All the Democrats are concerned about are votes. Now, what Kamala is proposing is for young people. Hey, hey, you registered to vote, and you're going to get a government check. Wait a minute. Is that not buying the vote? Is that not election interference? Is that not just 
you yeah. know, is that not a steal in the making? And she she and she doubles down on it. You know, the, the government is is prepared. But the rules aren't made for the left. The rules that the right is always pointing to and always following, they don't apply to the left anymore in this country. We talked about the legal system, how corrupt, mm-hmm. how corrupt our judicial system is right now. It, it's, it cannot be relied on to do the correct judicial thing. We look at it, it's like, okay, well, it'll go to, like you said, the appeals court, and they'll fix it. Well, if it's all, if it's all Democrats and they're from the same state, who's to say they don't do the exact same thing that the guy below them did, you know? Well, look at look at Trump with the Ingeron case. I mean, Ingeron sat there and said, yeah, I've already made up my mind before I take the case. That means that he was predisclosed on uh, what his feelings on the case. He, he is not supposed to by Section 211 in, uh, you know, in, in the code for how things work legally. He, well, he had to be recused or he should be disqualified. But yet, if you go to appeal, again, it's a Democratic judge. No matter where you go, everything is all led by a Democrat that has been appointed. This was not an overnight thing. This has been a long-term plan, but they can't afford to let Trump go forward. They've and got they to- are destroying, by the way, the economy, the, the, whether they know or not, or not in New York. I mean, they've probably already lost billions of dollars of potential business in New York because oh, people have said, nah. We're not going to uh, work there. Investors are moving out. I, you know, I saw, you know, looking around for homes and stuff. I saw a home that was there that was over, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars more than what it's going for today. And I'm going, why in the hell is that? Well, I said, nah, I know why that's down. Property values are going down there. Investment is not going in there. You've got illegal immigrants that are uh, overriding everything, taking control. I mean, would you want to move to New York? Oh, heck no. I wouldn't even want to visit New York. And I used to love New York. I worked in New York. I used to love going to New York. It was an exciting, vibrant city. I'd be afraid to uh, walk. I used to walk, by the way, from 52nd Street, where CBS had its its studios and headquarters. I'd walk from 52nd Street to 44th Street down to Grand Central. I'd walk right by the Roosevelt Hotel, you know, where they house all the illegals right now. And, and I would go in and take my train every single day. I thought nothing of it. Now I, I, I would be uh, very concerned about doing that because of the problem they have with crime, with uh, these vigilante groups, and not vigilante groups, these uh, gangs that are patrolling the streets in, in New York. And they're not, the police have their hands tied, you know? You know, you, you used to be, you used to feel safe saying, you know, your kid, hey, Junior, where are you going? Oh, I'm going over to Tim's house. We're going to play some computer games. Where's he live? About oh, two blocks away. I wouldn't let my kid go. I'd say, I'll drive you over there. Yeah. And you don't leave that house because you don't know. And I hate to say this. It's going to sound prejudicial, but there could be an illegal immigrant there that is um, a child molester, you know, or a murderer that gets their kicks out of uh you know, torturing and taking advantage. I mean, of- that poor little girl last week, that I see little girl, mm-hmm. 22 years old, nursing student. I think her name was Lakin, uh, uh, but a sweetheart, beautiful young lady, had a, a bright future ahead of her. She was out for a jog, for a run, and this vile monster of a person, 
uh, kills her for no mm-hmm. good reason at all. I mean, this, this, this is because it directly is because of Joe Biden. You may say, well, no, he didn't know. No. All he had to do is protect us from people like that by keeping the border secure. Not a major deal. I mean, it was something that was handed to him. Here's a secure border. You can improve upon this, Mr. Biden. Make it even more secure during your your reign. But no, this vile guy, this this deceitful, dishonest man that we have in government right now, uh, he came in and pulled out all the stops, all the restraints, waved, waved in all of the criminals, all of the people carrying the fentanyl and the drugs, the sex crime people. They all came in. The insane from Venezuela, come on in. They're all here now. They're walking down the street. You know, there are gang members who were in jail for murder that were released into this country. And now they're walking around like free men. You know, well, and they're here, and, and we don't know who they are. You know, well, you, the, you you cut somebody off on the highway. Who's to say they're not going to shoot at you because he's illegal and he's, he's ticked off? Well, that's the new Biden administration theme song, Hail, Hail the Gang's All Here. Uh, uh, very good, and, and they're still, Very, they're very still, good. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're still pouring in, so what are you going to do? You know, um, uh, another thing in the Trump case, uh, Cannon. Apparently threw Down a Miami? roadblock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She threw a roadblock in the Trump case. Apparently, those uh, those documents that were barred in Mar-a-Lago, the top secret classified documents. Trump said, "No, we don't want you guys to come and see that stuff." She said, "No, they can look at it." You know, so I don't well, know. Here's the thing: I always wondered. She she was an appointee by Trump, by the way, and she has initially been pretty uh, good for. Uh, the Trump side. But Mm -hmm. unlike, this is true, unlike the left, the right is always trying to be accommodating to prove that they're not being manipulated. The left will overtly go along with the left. I mean, like Engeron, he was saying, like you said, before the case even started that uh, Trump was toast. And he was smiling and proud of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. He didn't care. He didn't care whether you knew it or not. Whereas someone like Cannon, she's a smart young lady who is a, a judge and I think a, a, a kind of old school. She's trying to look like that she's neutral. She's trying to look that she's not biased, not a partisan. So she's trying to be all things to all sides. And it's not going to, you know, it's going to hurt Trump. Yeah, I, I think that the things that uh, Trump has you know, asked for he they they probably have a reason. Well, you know, yeah, and he said executive he had executive privilege, and they shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be looked at. She also said that uh, he, Trump wanted to have the case evaluated as a whole, and she wanted to divide it up into pieces, uh, which was a setback of sorts uh, for the Trump side last week. So uh, it'll be a, a, a longer situation, a longer trial down in in uh, Miami. It. It's something, by the way, this case in Georgia that they're talking about, I watched riveted to the TV set yesterday, Bill, for two hours watching uh, this case, uh, this Fannie Willis case in Georgia. There's a lot of news out of that. Well, you know, first of all, this this lawyer, Bradley, who was uh, the former partner of Wade and Mm -hmm. also was his divorce lawyer, and, and he's trying to spin a tale that he doesn't know anything. (laughs) <laughs> essentially, and he doesn't know any, and he 
he kept sinking deeper and deeper. He's a lawyer. You would have thought he would have kept his mouth shut. Um, he just he just couldn't help himself. And to anyone watching that that whole procedure yesterday, uh, you would have walked away saying, "No, no, he's lying." And boy, are they guilty. And that's exactly but, some of the some of the experts later on after they were talking about the 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 uh, you know the testimony. They were saying, uh, uh, at the very least, uh, Fanny and Wade will be removed from this case. But what probably will happen is they'll be kicked out of the DA's office. Uh, and what may also happen is the entire DA's office in Fulton County will be eliminated temporarily while they have another election, I guess. And the case, the Trump case, might be thrown out completely. Yeah, but not that could happen. That would be the best thing to happen. But that judge also is blocking Trump attorneys or blocked him from asking pertinent details to. Well, that, now, uh, I, I, again, I watched that. You, you got to be careful about uh, the stories you read in the. Uh, I watched it, yeah. and what he was doing was he was saying m- many of the questions were asked and answered already, asked and answered. Right. So the Trump attorneys would would double down on them because, and I know why. They were trying, the Trump attorneys were trying to make, right, to emphasize key points by bringing them up again and again. And the judge was said, no, asked and answered, move along, Mr. Sado, or whatever. But here is the left's narrative on that. And the narrative is what is what I was going to point out is interesting. They're saying that it was tossed out because of gossip, innuendo, assumption, and privileged information. No. Well, is, yeah, I know, but I'm saying. Well, isn't that what they always base their cases on? Gossip, innuendo, yeah. you know, it's assumptions, amazing, Bill. and fake privileged information. Yeah. You, you would Bill, find Bill, out that that information you, was you, false. You and I, uh, we, we can sit there and watch the entire procedure that any reporter can watch. They don't see another procedure. They don't see more than what I saw or what you would see if you watched the two hours yesterday, right? right? And uh, I saw how this judge was handling it. He was handling it very well. And he wasn't being partisan at all. At all. He was, but the he, left news media they is. They sell it that way. Yeah, they sell it that way because then human perception. So you get, oh, no, no, that's not. And see, that's what they're doing yes, yes. with everything. So at the end of the day, that judge might cave or something may cave. Well, you know. The people want this. No, the people don't want this. That's the left controlling the media. The media is on their side. And even some of the left media from time to time will sit there and and spill the beans saying, yeah, this is a little bit too much to swallow this pill. Well, and the, the media is not an honest media. It is never mere, has been. It's, it's a mouthpiece for the left. And I'm not talking about Democrats. It's a mouthpiece for the woke left, the deep state left, okay? Um, another thing that happened, uh, it, this is a big story today. Uh, there are massive wildfires in the panhandle of Texas. And, you know, I was thinking, they're going to have to call in, I guess, the National Guard to help put the fires out. There's so yeah. many of them. Where would they must take them a, from? Uh, I don't know. It must have been a campfire, though, that, that was going on. They were singing around the campfire and lost control of the fire in the wilderness there. And <laughs> well, down. all I can tell you is that. Aye, 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 yeah. Aye, yeah. <laughs> well, all I can tell you, Bill, is that the uh, uh, the National Guard 
is manning the what oh, the border right now, and if they have to bring the National Guard to well, put that a opens fire up the border, up, doesn't it? That's exactly what I'm saying. It'll take the take them away from the border, uh, and you gotta wonder how a massive forest fire. And that, by the way, it's a wildfire, not a forest fire. But um, what starts something like that? I mean, it it's not it's not just one match in a little. It's a a massive region. The panhandle of of Texas is, they say, on fire. Wouldn't you have to set something like that? Maybe maybe lightning could do it. I guess. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that Chinese balloon that we quit talking about <laughs> earlier in the week flew over and got struck by lightning oh, Bill, and came crashing is that? to the ground. The government isn't talking about it anymore, and neither is the the media. So they oh. can't be a balloon. Another balloon. Yeah, we get balloon! the. They, yeah, they probably they probably get messages from uh, our administration saying, "Don't talk about the balloon. We don't want to talk about the balloon," and they don't. By the way, if you're wondering what we're talking about. Uh, about three days ago, we, we talked about, on this very show, uh, that they have found another balloon over Colorado. They don't know where it came from. They don't know what it's doing up there. But what they can tell you is there's nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Now, wait a second. They don't know where it came from. They don't know what it's doing. But don't worry yeah. about it. You know, how did they get? How did they come to that conclusion after the first two uh, statements, right? Oh, who the hell knows? Maybe, maybe the damn damn balloon is just a conduit of uh, electronic communication. China communicates with it. It sends down a signal that uh, you know agents on the ground get and get their instructions well, that it, way. They said it's in the jet stream. Yeah, it's going all yeah. over the United States, yeah. uh, gathering up info everywhere because the, the jet, jet stream winds through. It the jet stream swoops down into Georgia and that area, and then it swoops up into the Ohio Valley. And over Pennsylvania and into New England and out that way. That's what the jet well, stream does. Okay, so maybe that maybe this balloon is nothing more than a uh, scientific experiment that con- that contains a contagion. I was just going to say that into the atmosphere. I was just going to say that. Who's to say they're not spreading some virus? Oh my God, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, you know, you know I mean, there there's uh, what is it, the the Norris virus? You know, that's out there, which is yeah. It gives you diarrhea, extreme diarrhea, and you're going to be throwing up all the time. And, I'm sorry, uh, Bill, but is there any other, is there any other kind of diarrhea? <laughs> I mean, I'm just say when they say extreme diarrhea, it's like, uh, well, I don't think there's much of. Is, well, it could be coming a, out your mouth, your nose, your ears, and your. <laughs> all right, so I didn't ask you to go there, but I'll tell you. Well, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. It's not fun uh, yes. to have that. It, it'll keep you dancing for for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> but well, I don't uh, know if I'd be dancing. But you know, we have we have they had a, a case of Ebola. They don't talk about this anymore. Too. We should have a whole show on what they're not telling you. They had a case of Ebola. In, was it Oregon or Washington State? But there was nothing to see here. Don't don't worry about it. It's in isolation and. Uh, they don't know where it came from, but it's nothing to worry about. So we have balloons that are flying over our country again, but and they, they don't hey. know where they're coming from, but don't worry about it because Joe's taking care of it. Joe hey. is saying, hey, look, at if a guy can go out and have an ice cream cone and talk to the press, you know everything's under control. Don't you feel that way? Sure I do. And you know what? Um, with, uh, with the immigrant uh, situation we have here, and we got to yeah. give them jobs, they got to do things. I'm sure nobody's thought of this yet, but it's probably going to happen. 
I mean, the CDC, that's safe, right? The CDC? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't yeah. have an illegal immigrant working there. Oh, no, you? it's... It's it's lock solid. That's the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. They're they're above yeah. board. They never. They, why do you, right. do you have a story? Well, no, no, I don't have a story on that. I'm just saying. Well, you know, boy, wouldn't that be bad if they got infiltrated by illegal well, workers you, you know, or, you or know Chinese you, immigrants? You know, because, in this in this country, you can't hire an illegal for a government job. You know that, right? Oh, wait a second. Wait yeah, a you second. Can. Wait in San Francisco, didn't they just hire? So, oh, she's on the elections board. And, and she's, she's illegal. Uh, and she gets to oversee the elections. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's amazing. So uh, put, put one of those in the CDC. Now, what do they have? You know, well, they just study viruses. They have a sample of every known virus that ever existed in the world. Wow. You're talking the plague, bubonic plague. You're talking about simple bi- viruses, everything. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. Uh, we're talking about all these things that are happening that don't make any sense. You know, one of the most rock-solid businesses ever in our country was Boeing Airlines, a Boeing oh, yeah. air, aircraft. They make the best airplanes in the world. They were the standard for the other companies. You know, we talk about Airbus. Airbus didn't exist for decades. Boeing was the, the prime company. Uh, and Airbus... Literally copied a lot. I don't mean, per, you know, part by part, but they looked at how they they built planes in uh, the Northwest at Boeing, and they said we got to do the exact same thing. And and essentially that's what they've done. Uh, Replicate success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so Boeing, thanks to uh, the left, has become incredibly woke. They're more concerned with gender pronouns than putting the number the right number of rivets. In their airplanes, I got to play this for you. This is a a news story about where Boeing is right now and the problems they're having. Listen to this. Passengers are still wary of flying on the Boeing 737 MAX 9 airliners after a panel blew out on an Alaska Airlines plane in the middle of a flight last month, forcing an emergency landing. Fortunately, there were no major injuries, but air safety advocates say this could have been so much worse. As airlines continue to utilize the MAX 9s, what needs to be done to ensure safety? For that, we are joined by Pearson, a former Boeing senior manager and executive director of the Foundation for Aviation Safety, and Mark Lindquist, attorney for passengers who are on that flight who are now suing Alaska Air and Boeing. A gentleman, appreciate you both being here. And Ed, I want to start with you. Uh, you are a former Boeing manager. You say you will not fly on this plane. You wouldn't recommend it. Why is that? Well, thanks for having me. And the reason I wouldn't fly this plane is, unfortunately, I was in the factory and I watched how it was built. And even though there are tremendous employees in the factory, the pressure that they were under to get airplanes out the door um, just led to tons of mistakes. And and we've seen a lot of issues with the airplane in service, not just the Alaska accident. So those are the reasons that I, I can't advise anybody to fly that plane right now. For how many years have you noticed these sorts of mistakes? And do you believe that these mistakes could be life-threatening? 
but I definitely think these mistakes can be life-threatening. Um, and for me, I saw these mistakes occurring back in 2017. Um, we started to have an engines delivered late to the factory and that led to a cascading effect. Um, and quite honestly, for the last five years, we've really seen no improvement uh, or very little improvement at all. Um, they continue to talk about, you know, the number of planes they're gonna produce every month. Uh, they continue to have employees work ridiculously long hours. They don't have the training, um, adequate training. Um, there's lots of issues. And unfortunately, you know, they just, you know, changed the lipstick on the pig and they didn't really get to the root causes of any of these issues. And mm. what went through your mind when you heard that this happened and saw the video, saw that gaping hole? Well, I, I vividly remember it because I was sitting at a basketball game with a friend of mine who uh, works with me and he's an aerospace engineer and we just heard the news at the same time and we both thought, oh my God, this must, must have been so traumatic for the, for the passengers and the crew. Um, in the military, we call those kinds of things explosive decompression because it happens suddenly and violently. Um, I don't know where they came up with the term rapid decompression, but we use that phrase to describe something that took, um, you know, depressurization event that occurs over time. And, uh, you know, we were just all thankful that nobody died. I mean, that was, um, you know, got to be, had, has, had been terrifying. And, um, you know, the crew obviously did a great job, but they never should have faced that situation. Yeah. Speaking of this, I mean, Mark, let's turn to you here. How many passengers are currently involved in this lawsuit? And, and how have they described the experience and the aftermath from this? Well, I represent 25 passengers and a variety of individuals uh, had a variety of reactions and injuries, everything from hearing damage to anxiety to sleeplessness to, of course, fear of flying, uh, PTSD, different people reacted differently. But I think a common theme here is most people thought that plane was going down. Uh, you know, if you're sitting on a plane and suddenly there's a gaping hole in the fuselage and air mass are dropping, air's rushing around you, uh, you're depressurizing rapidly, uh, in the movies that plane is going down and that's what a lot of my clients and other passengers thought. They thought they might be sending, for example, their last text messages ever. I think it's hard for us to understand just how loud, how violent this was. I know that uh, there were reports of a woman with a little boy and, and the shirt was ripped off of his back with the force here. Uh, Mark, from, from the research you've done on this incident, how much worse could this have been? Oh, if this plane was basically a ticking time bomb, if the plane had depressurized at a higher altitude, such as cruising altitude, it would have been catastrophic. In a matter of seconds, the oxygen is sucked out of the plane, uh, hypoxia sits in, your pilot easily could lose consciousness, the structural damage to the plane might be irredeemable. Uh, chances are everybody dies and we're having a whole different conversation if this door plug blows out at a higher altitude. Ed, one more question for you. Bottom line, are Boeing aircraft safe? Well, I'm only gonna say that I'm familiar with the 737 MAX and I believe that that airplane is definitely not safe. Our foundation is advising people to avoid that plane. That's the 737-8 and 737-9. And I um, mean, just last week, there was another report of electrical problem with the standby power control unit. There's been over 20 per 
production quality defects. Um, the FA is, is clearly failing to provide adequate oversight. Um, you know, we even wrote, I wrote a letter to the CEO of Alaska in, in April advising him of these production defects. So we were looking at his data, his airplanes, and recommended he ground those planes, and he didn't do it. And then we actually wrote a report in September echoing it. For decades, Boeing was the uh, the standard mm-hmm. for airplanes, and uh, because of politics, I think, and because of greed, uh, they have let things slip. And well, look at where they're at right now. We have a situation where we have one of our major corporations. I mean, you don't know how big Boeing is until you you hear the numbers. I mean, they're they are. Multi, multi billions of, of dollars in expense and profit. I mean, they just they have more revenue going through that company than most states do, you know. And you you just assume that safety is the number one priority, but it's not. It's politics. How often do you get your car inspected? Once a year, in this state. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you go over basic stuff, brakes, things like right. that. You know, make sure that it's structurally sound and things like that. Right. You know, they have the same thing in aviation. There's a 50-hour check and a 100-hour check. That is air flight hours, 100 hours, which accrues pretty quickly. Do you think – now, it used to be when you used to fly back in the 70s, you'd be sitting there taxiing down the runway, and you'd see the hangars with all the planes sitting there, and there were crews going over everything, checking the fuselage, checking the structural integrity of the plane – going through the engines, going through the avionics, doing everything that they had to do. Do you see that now? And what are the consequences? They don't make money with an airplane if they're checking it. They make money when it's in the air. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's like being on a flight and the engine goes out and the guy sitting next to you gets all panicky going, what's the, what's the chance of that other engine, you know, staying on? 100% it will stay on all the way until we hit the ground. You know, that's what you tell them. Because you don't know. They don't. These inspections don't mean a damn thing because they're not. I, I venture to say, I've wondered this before. Are they doing that? Because you're right. You don't make money on that plane when it's, you know, taken off the tarmac and run over to a hangar. We got to do our 100-hour inspection. What are the consequences? I can't find the consequences. You get a slap on the wrist. Well, that slap on the wrist is nothing compared to, compared to the loss of life if that thing depressurizes. Boeing removed uh, their executive, Ed Clark, who was the head of the 737 MAX passenger jet program in the mm-hmm. wake of uh, several safety and quality-related incidents. Uh, I, I would think that a guy like Pete Buttigieg should be removed. I mean, he's the head of our Department of Transportation. He's right up there on top. I would think that maybe the uh, director of the FAA should be removed. Well, how long has this problem been going on with the 737? Oh, for years. For For years. Yeah, and and it's been cropping up. So the watchdog is uh, Mr. Buttigieg, right? He's the guy. The buck stops with him. Well, then the buck ought to kick him right in the buck out of the office because he is not doing his job. Yeah, well, uh, they... They have a problem. Here's the problem they're gonna they're gonna have. It's not that they had a, a hole in that airplane, that Alaska Air Alaska airplane. I mean that's bad, but but it's the it's the fact that the 737 Max program was grounded for a year because they had software problems that were causing planes to I don't know nosedive into the ground for no good reason. You know the the software wasn't uh, up to standard. You know, this is the problem they have. It's their quality control. You heard what the guy said in the interview. 
he said they had a, what would happen is engines would arrive at the factory late. I guess everything starts with the engines. You know, I guess they have to put the engines in first oh, before. Yeah. So if you don't have your engines on time and you have to wait, everything backs up. And then when the engine arrives, you, you hurry to catch up. And, and when you hurry to catch up, you are doing shoddy work. You're just trying to throw it together to keep the assembly, assembly line moving. Well, here's the other problem, and that is the pilot himself. You know, forget about the plane for a second. If the, the electronics, the avionics are not working, you need a qualified, seasoned pilot that knows what to do in a corrective manner to save that plane. Case in point, let's go to the military, the stealth bombers, where they, they had a couple of them sitting over in uh, some foreign country, and they didn't know about a little mechanical flaw where the plane was sitting out on the tarmac and it, it rained overnight. And so some water got in certain places, places that caused an error. Now, when that plane takes off, it's not the pilot flying it. He programs everything in, him and the yeah. co-pilot sit there, and the plane takes off. And when it took off, it started veering to the left and turning and nosediving. And they said, oh, there's something wrong. They were trying to switch off the avionics. They got a little bit of control, but that plane was destined to crash. Now, these guys knew what they were doing. They got out. And they, they got out seconds, like yeah. literally two seconds before the plane yeah. Bill, like a, like obliterated about a, 150 itself. feet off the ground, they, they jettisoned. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like they got off with, uh, you know, way up there in the sky. These guys literally you can't got out. do that in a commercial airliner. Yeah, I guess you could jettison the pilots. Good luck back there. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you well, when you see the pilot standing on the wing with a parachute and jumping, yeah, yeah. you're on the wrong flight. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? But uh, you, you have a situation now where we don't have we don't trust our airlines. Uh, we would expect them to do a much better job. Uh, airline, I, I want to say, and I'm not going to name the, the airline, but I, I think I know which one it was, but I don't want to name the wrong one. But they're talking about diversity in the cockpit. We have to have oh, yes. more uh, more minorities. We have to have more LGBTQ pilots. You know, there are certain things in life that you you, you want the best. You want the best. Well, you want the best you're... heart surgeon, for example. You don't want an LGBTQ surgeon. You want the absolute smartest guy working on your heart. You want a, a a great neurosurgeon working on your brain. You want the best pilot to be flying your airplane. But these guys now are talking about diversity and inclusion. Well, what happens when you got the best doctor on the job? But you insert this one little wrench, uh, and and it's uh, it's the pronoun, you know. Yeah. Doctor says scalpel. Here you go, sir. No. Excuse me. Stop. Wait a minute. You called me, sir. Doctor is okay. Ma'am is okay, but not sir. Deep. Yeah. And then there goes the red line. You're you're in a pilot situation. You know the warning lights well, you go know, on. You, you, you know, sir, we have a problem. Case in point, Bill. Just the day, day before yesterday, Virginia. in Virginia, Winsome, what's her name? Winsome, uh, I can't think of her name. She's the uh, lieutenant governor, I believe. Sears, Winsome Sears. She's very smart uh, young lady, and um, she had the audacity to call one of the state senators, Sir. Danica. It yeah. used to be Dan. It's Danica. Sir. And Danica's sitting here with that picture, like all dressed up like he a He got all huffy and puffy and uh, caused quite a, co a commotion because... Because uh, the lieutenant governor had the audacity to ask him 
to sit down. <laughs> it went over like a pregnant, pregnant Paul Walter. Or something else in church. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, the 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 voting public there in Virginia should have the audacity to, to, to kick uh, Little Miss Trans out the door because, you know, she, he, it is more interested in their pronoun than they are in your best Do you interest. think that, that the deep state has put this whole issue of pronouns and the LGBT problem? It wasn't a problem. There was no issue about this uh, even three, four years ago. But they created an issue. They created a problem, okay? And well, I think it's a distraction. I think they well, did it intentionally to take our attention away from the real problems that they're causing in our society. Well, you know, at once upon a time, uh, and, you know, it was promoted by a party that created it way, way, way back then, when, uh, and that was racism. But the race card doesn't work anymore because, you know, what uh, people of ethnicity are going, except for the immigrants, uh, because they're new and they can be bought. Um, but people that are, are here are going, wait a minute, this this race thing really doesn't stand, so they don't have control anymore and that's what it's about so they had to find and identify a whole new breed of people to control and some heartstrings to pull well i'm sorry but don't you just feel don't you just feel your heart bleed for that 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 well he's not a gentleman he's a lady and his his emotions and his feelings don't 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 you feel we could go on you know what's wrong with you we have created uh issues that aren't really issues in our country their diversions. You know, over the weekend, you heard about that uh, Air Force uh, uh, so, uh, airman, I guess, who uh, decided that uh, the best thing he could do to stop the war in the Middle East between Israel and Gaza would be to cover himself in gasoline and set himself on fire at the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., which he did. You know, so this, this uh, young man, confused Young man, and I have audio. I'm not going to play it. It's it's horrible. The audio is. They have video too, and that's even worse. You you see him uh, uh, burn up on camera, uh, and I I think to myself, if only I had ten minutes with this guy, I would have reminded him about uh, all of the people who set themselves on fire during the Vietnam War as a protest, and what good that did. That did absolutely no good whatsoever. Nothing. It had no effect at all. People, they looked at it, they cringed, and they went on with their lives. It didn't have an effect. It didn't change anything. It didn't it's going to bring attention. Nah, it's not. It's going to bring more attention to your silly act, your waste, you know, of your life. And it's it's sad. I, I look at this young man. I think he is confused. Part of me, the part of me that distrusts so much nowadays. Said, I think he Air Force. Could he have been programmed to do this? Could there be something could nefarious be. behind this that we don't even know about? Might CIA this, ops. Might he have been programmed to set himself on fire? Uh, maybe they were testing something out. You know, we could go into this for another show, but uh, that there's that part that uh, has a lot of distrust right now. Anyway, Bill, we've done it. Uh, we've we've gone again over our. Our time limit. If you want to contact, you know, it's it's your fault. It's your fault. It was you. Uh, 833-538-7868 is the number. 833-538-7868. 
Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com. Jimandbill at uh, mail.com. Yep. I will uh, say, see, mua plenty uh, stinko Wait, no, borracho. No, no, no. Oh, you, you, somebody can say it better than me? Mui plenty stinko borracho. Oh, I think he said it best. All I can do is hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. <laughs>